Greetings, everybody. Welcome back to the Classroom 33 podcast. I'm Pastor Dustin, here as always with Steve Prudian. And uh, today, as we're getting into it, um, we have a land of shadows. Steve, how are you doing today? I'm doing fine. I'm not in the shadow. You're not in the shadow. No, I'm in the light. But you brought this idea, the land of shadows. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? Well, folks, it's like this. Not every day is going to be your best day. Jesus himself said that in this world, okay, we will. So in this world, it's more than a promise. Okay, it's a fact. And the fact that we will means that we're not going to escape it. Okay. Right. But the rest of it, he says, okay, which you would expect a better gift from Jesus. He says, you will have both trials and trouble. Yep. It's interesting that trouble follows the trial. <laughs> that is interesting. I had a, before I wrote the, devotion, I had an opportunity, and I don't know if you would call this an opportunity, to um, speak with a person that was in depression. Okay. Now, some people stay in depression, and they have a condition. Right. And other people, they can have depression, but many times the, the depression is misunderstood for a satanic attack called oppression. Okay. I do not believe that a person who is filled with the Holy Spirit can also have the spirit of the devil. So I don't believe that a, okay. that a person who's a true born-again Christian, there's the Holy Spirit living within them, can also have the spirit of Satan controlling them. I do not believe that there's... a Christian can be demon-possessed. Right. There's okay. there's no cohabitation of no. opposing spirits. No, Jesus I, is one. I, I agree with you. Okay, yep. Jesus is one, and that's the reason why the Holy Spirit inhabits the, the one who belongs to Jesus. However, Satan doesn't always, in many cases, doesn't want to endorse the work of Jesus Christ in our lives. Right. So subsequently, he will bring us trials and troubles. Not Jesus brings us trials and troubles, but Satan brings us trials and troubles. And that's called oppression. But in medical terms today, we many times call it depression. Right. Okay. Or feelings of sadness Mm -hmm. or questioning the values of life. Right. And anxiety can be tied into that as well. Right. Yep. Now, it is not uncommon for a Christian to be burdened with many sorrows, with trouble. Right. Okay. The fact is, is, is that the more they seem to, to pile on you, the harder it is for you to try to get release from them. Right. Because as the, the trials and the struggles become heavier, they become stronger. Mm-hmm. And you as a Christian, you've exhausted all your own strength. Right. And in many ways, you forget to lean upon the strength of Jesus Christ and the strength of the Holy Spirit in your life. It's just natural human nature to try to solve things ourselves. Right. My wife, she's kind of elementary. Yes. I'll get into working on something. And it'll go from bad to worse. Okay. 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 I, will, I will break it further than it was when I first got to it. <laughs> <laughs> and, and my wife will see me in my frustration, mm-hmm. and then she'll do a cutie on me. She says, did you pray about it? Yep. No, I didn't have to pray about it. I know how to fix this. Yep. She says, I think she says you have gone beyond that point, and you need to get some external Wisdom. She says, I think it's time to pray about it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah because she's saying it. I, I'm sitting there and I want to be resistant. Yep. But I know that that's true. I should have prayed for wisdom when I started because now i got to fix two things instead of one thing. Yep. <laughs> but, you know, it made me start thinking back. 
maybe start thinking two in two different realms. Okay. The first realm is, is where does the average human being who knows about Jesus Christ but doesn't know Jesus Christ, where do they stand in their lives? And the answer is in the shadows. Right. They see, they see the light, but they have never really come close enough to be affected by the light. Okay. So they, so they, so they live in the spiritual shadows. Now, it's interesting that a lot of people think that if they go to church, that that's enough. Right. But it isn't enough. No. Because even though the Spirit of God is present in church, mm -hmm. what happens once you leave? You backslide. You well, just, the thing you is, just go back right back into old habits. The thing is, is, is what's happened is your environment has changed. Okay? Right. Okay. The moment that you are being inspired by worship and by truth has expired, and now you're back into the world, okay? And that's really a place of despair. Right. So I thought about, okay, I thought about this. Why is it that Christians run from the light when they have a problem? Why is it that they don't call upon God sooner? Like me, when I want to go fix something that's broken. Why do I think, why do human beings think that they can handle it? But yet, one of the things we fail to recognize that sometimes we're dealing with spiritual forces. Mm -hmm. Right. And the devil is not going to say, here I am. No, 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 not likely. Because since he's the author of confusion, mm -hmm. he is going to try to confuse us. Yes. And one of the confusions is, is, oh, you don't need to pray about that. Jesus doesn't care about that. He can't help you with that. He's too busy. He got bigger things to do. You don't count. Right. Well, he, he whispers that lie in our ear and tries to convince us that, you know, in a lot of ways, that um, everything that Eli, Elijah, said about Baal, when Baal didn't show up, he tries to convince us of all of those things about God. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I sit and I, I wonder sometimes, but I know better. I wonder, why is it that people aren't receiving the message of Jesus Christ when they hear it. And I think that the answer is, this is just like the devil has blinded man so he can't see. He's also made a deaf man so he can't hear. And he's made the heart of man hard like a stone. Yep. I would agree with that. So... Most people have no idea that they live in darkness. They don't. Most they don't have a clue. Most people think that, at worst, they live in twilight or they live in dusk. Right. Some people believe that even the darkness has benefit. Right. And so, when you deal with whence a human being comes from, do you wonder why even a Christian sometimes falls into a state of despair or depression or hopelessness? Uh, it's really not. The question starts to go away. We start to get the answer. It's really when we're looking to get our answer from darkness that the despair sets in, because darkness doesn't have that answer. 
darkness will actually allow you to dig a deeper hole, mm -hmm. to fall deeper into the darkness of that hole. Right. And unfortunately, there's no rope to pull you out. But is there still a rope? Oh, there's always a rope. There's always a rope. And, yep. who, and who is the holder of the rope? Jesus happens Jesus, to hold that rope. Jesus happens to hold the rope. And what is the name of that rope? Salvation, faith, hope. The name of the rope is hope. Sorry. It could <laughs> I, be. Could, I, couldn't, I couldn't run away from the rhyme. Right. The rope has hope. The rope has hope. Because of the holder that is hope. Exactly. Right. Yep. But I sit and I think about when David wrote the 23rd Psalm. Yep. Do you know what the chapter preceding the 23rd Psalm was all about? Well, I at least know how it starts. Because the 22nd, isn't that what Jesus quoted from the cross? My that's God, my God, why it, have you forsaken me? And that's exactly what David had said. Yep. Now, do you think David was in a state of despair? Making that kind of a statement? It sounds pretty despairing. Okay. Do you think that he was between a rock and a high place? Absolutely. Now, something bothers me with this. What's that? Isn't David the person who had the faith to go after Goliath? Yep. And is David not the famous psalmist shepherd? He is. Okay. So we know that David has a knowledge about who God is and has experience about what God has done. Right. But now David is saying, Why have you forsaken me? Why have you forsaken me? Mm -hmm. And then after he gets through Psalm 22, then we get to probably the most famous psalm of all. Quite possibly. Which is Psalm 23. Yes. And I find it interesting that in Psalm 23, David has some experience with shadows. Mm-hmm. He does. That makes me feel better. Very much so. Because if David was subject with his relationship that he had with God, if he was subject to despairing and dark, confusing times. Yep. But yet he was able to be he was able to be delivered from that. Not necessarily physically. When David wrote the 22nd time, he had not been delivered from the very fears and from the very things that depressed him. No, no. Okay. He, was st he was still on the run in the wilderness from Saul. He was still Saul. on the run yeah. from Saul, and he was tired. Very tired. He was tired. It's been going on can't, for a long time. Can't even imagine. Right. Years. Right. So now we'll get to the devotion for today, which is the land of shadows. Yes. Dustin, where would you like to begin with the land of shadows? Hmm. I started with the most positive thing about a shadow. There is a positive thing about a shadow. What is the positive thing about a shadow? You have no shadow unless there's some light. So very, very true. And the more light you so have, very true. the less shadow you have. Right. And that's a, that's a really interesting thing to, to kind of think about, you know, when you have a, when you have a light source, mm -hmm. if you have a dim light source, the shadow that's made is going to be very dark, mm -hmm. but the brighter the source of light, the shadow doesn't become darker. You actually get less contrast between the shadow and the light, the brighter the light source is. Okay, if light is the truth, yes. what is the shadow? The lies. It's a false truth. Yep. Okay, you think you see something, 
Mm -hmm. But what you see isn't really what you see. Right. So the reality is, is, is that wasn't there an instruction in the Bible for you to walk in the light? Yes. As I am in the light? Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. But where do our lives usually take us? Into darkness, into, into the, that shadow. Into the land of shadows. Yep. The same place that David was at. Mm-hmm. Into the land, the land of shadows. Now, have you ever heard the expression, I've met the enemy and he is me? Yes. Mm-hmm. Sometimes... Sometimes we are our own worst enemy. Sometimes we are. The fact is, 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 is that who are we relying upon when we are our own worst enemy? Ourselves. We're relying upon ourselves. Absolutely. Okay? And my question is, is when we rely upon ourselves, where does the truth go? Where does the light go? Nowhere. We've pretty much sealed off the light. We've locked up the light. Or we've stepped out of it. Or the, we've the light out of the light. If God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, then the light is never changing. It never has changed. So if the light doesn't change, what has to change? We change. We change. You know, there's... Uh, I heard this um, as part of as part of a sermon probably five, six, seven years ago, um, but it was an illustration that I remembered, um, mostly because in my marriage there had been a lot of reconciling, and so Amanda and I were very, very close. You know, we were virtually inseparable, and uh, basically, the illustration is, you know, a man and a woman get married. Right. And it's a it's a farm couple. They go everywhere in a pickup truck and he's always driving and she's always sitting right next to him, snuggled up right next to him. And as the years go by, she slowly slides to the to the passenger side of the vehicle. And, you know, they're older and celebrating a 30th anniversary or something in those lines. And he, you know, she comments about him being distant. And he remarks that he's in the same spot he's always been. It's her that's moved away. And isn't that how we are with God? God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. The light doesn't move. The light doesn't change. But rather, we seek out shadows to hide in. It's easy to take a good thing for granted. It is. Ever hear the expression, familiarity breeds contempt? I have. Sometimes we let the contempt replace the love. Yes, we do. And sometimes in our faith, okay, we let our lives block out the truth. Mm -hmm. And the truth is Jesus Christ. When we are thinking of ourselves... Who is that thinking about? When we think about ourselves, who is it thinking about? The answer is me. Mm -hmm. But I share with myself and I. <laughs> <laughs> and oftentimes, and oftentimes, like with a wife, we push them to the side to do the things that we want to do. And don't think about the fact is, what is that doing to our relationship? Right. When we push our faith in Jesus Christ to the side, or put him on the shelf, or lock him up in the closet, mm -hmm. okay? The question is, is, what have we done to ourselves? Right. Okay? Not only have we blocked the light, okay? Mm -hmm. By blocking the light, we've altered our lives. We have. We have. And the fact is, is that if we feel unloved, maybe we're the ones responsible for being the unlovely. Could very well be. 
you know, I, I've said it before, you know, the Holy Spirit's a gentleman. And even if he's dwelling inside of us, can't if, force him. If we can't force him. Can't or force he him. can't force us. He won't force he us. He won't force us. Well, That's I right. suppose he could. He won't. He can't because you know what? He is subject to the very thing that God is subject to. Did the, you know that God is subject to something? Our free will. Our free will. God will not violate our free will. Right. And neither will the Holy Spirit. And so if we uh, if we shut down the Spirit, if we tell him to go sit in a corner and be quiet, he will do that. He'll pipe up every once in a while, remind us that he's still there, but he will sit quietly in that corner. And so just like you said, if you feel unloved, it's because you've put love in a box. You've put love in the corner and told it to be quiet. You know, it's really easy. It's really easy for us guys. I can't speak for a woman because I've never been one. Fair enough. But for us guys, it's really easy to become preoccupied with the things that interest us. Yes. But invariably, when we do that, we forget about the one who loves us Mm -hmm. and the one that we're supposed to be sharing our life with. Right. In loving back. Yep. So what happens as time goes on, okay, the soup grows cold. It does. The soup grows cold. And occasionally you will hear a voice calling in the wilderness. And that sounds like the voice of someone that you used to know. Mm-hmm. Someone that you knows you know loves you, but you've been too busy to think about their love. Right. And then one day, one day, what you have taken for granted, you find doesn't exist anymore. Or worse, has created a whole new scenario of trouble for you. Right. That you've created for yourself. Yep. And much like in the Christian life, the further we get away from our Lord Jesus Christ who is the one who loves us most, we get ourselves into our own trouble. Yes, we do. But you know what? Jesus being far greater than the human mind or the human heart, he always is there to forgive us. Yes, he is. He's always there to take us back in. Yep. Because he doesn't want us to go to the land of the shadows. He doesn't want us to live in the land of the shadows. He wants to keep us in his perfect light. Yep. Well, but, just like just like the father of the prodigal son. Mm-hmm. He walks to the end of the lane. He walks to the edge of that darkness. Mm-hmm. Peering in to see if you'll come back. And the son never stops being the son. No. The father never stops being the father. The father never stops being the father. The son never stops being the son. But the son's forgotten. Mm -hmm. He took for granted the love of the father. And he's forgotten. Mm -hmm. He's so long without, he's forgotten. And it's not until he's eating with the pigs and fighting the pigs for food that he goes, that he remembers. He remembers the love of his father. And he comes back. He chooses to come back out of the darkness. He chose to go into it. But he had to choose to come back out of it. What is our breakfast food? Our breakfast food? Mm Mm-hmm. Our spiritual breakfast food. Oh, spiritual breakfast food. Mm -hmm. I'm like, my, my food food breakfast is usually black coffee. So... Our spiritual breakfast? Mm-hmm. I would say prayer. Prayer, okay. Who comes to the table at your spiritual breakfast? Who comes? Who's there? Who's there? The Spirit, Jesus. That's right. You. Yep. And Jesus. Yep. 
Okay? That is your spiritual breakfast. What is your nourishment? The Word. The Word becomes your nourishment. Okay. Once you have spiritual breakfast with Jesus, mm -hmm. what do you do with the rest of your day? We're all guilty of it. It's a default for humans. Right. What do you do with the rest of your day? Well, I'm a little loath to admit it, but if you're like me, you close the Bible and you go on with the day. When's and the and and that breakfast, you just let settle. When is the next time you give Jesus any type of reference? I'm going to just say not soon enough, not quickly enough, not often enough. Oftentimes, we give basically a tip of the hat to Jesus at lunch. We mm -hmm. say a quick prayer over our food, tip of the hat. And For many, next, yeah. And then the next time, the next tip of the hat is if you have uh, an evening dinner. Yep. And if you're really special, the next tip of the hat will be an evening prayer. Right. Sounds like Jesus went from becoming your lover to your servant. Yeah. You know, and another another analogy that comes to mind is more of a, you know, a spouse that uh, kind of over time becomes a roommate. Mm -hmm. They just exist in the same place. There's not a whole lot of communication. The love isn't the right kind of love. And the relationship is just completely muted. And what does the word say about being careful that you don't lose your first love? Don't lose that first love, church in Ephesus. And I have what? this against you. You've lost the love. Yep. You still may be living together. You might be. Okay, but the key Hopefully element— Hopefully you are. The key element to the relationship is not there. Right. Or, or it's diminished. Yep. Would you say that that is a church or a relationship that is a shadow of what it used to be? Oh, absolutely. Right. Oftentimes our faith becomes a shallow shadow of what it used to be. Mm-hmm. And sometimes we get to the point, and this is where we get depressed— we forget what that used to be was. Right. We have lost our love. Right. And a lot of, and we see this all the time. And to an extent, it, it is right. But normally when people, especially older teenagers, adults, come to finally understand who Jesus is. They become what we call on fire for God. And over time, the fire dies down. Well, the world will beat you up. Satan will beat you up. Well, and you've got... And sometimes even the church will beat you up. Yeah, sometimes. But you've got responsibilities. You've got to go to work. You've got to go do this. You've got to do that. And the busyness of the world. Priority shift. Yep. Yep. Sometimes, sometimes that fire goes just about completely out. It's funny. Life is like an iceberg. Mm-hmm. Okay. More is going on with what you don't see. Right. Than what you do see. Right. Well... Think of a duck swimming upstream. You can't tell by looking at them, but those little feet are going like gangbusters underneath them. Mm -hmm. I'd rather float. <laughs> <laughs> but 
But we're supposed to be going upstream, right? Mm-hmm. We're supposed to be going against. Now, one of the things with shadows, and you brought up Psalm 23, Psalm 22. And this actually isn't in your list. When I think of, when I think our conversations kind of prompted me. But at the beginning of the book of John, um, we're being introduced to Jesus in a very unique way. Mm-hmm. You know, and he was light mm-hmm. in about chapter or verse four or five. He's light and the light shines in the darkness. Mm-hmm. And your NIV might say something different. Mm-hmm. And your NLT definitely says something different, but I really like what the King James Version says, because the King James Version says, the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness does not comprehend it, or cannot comprehend it. And it's just interesting to think about that, and to think about this world of darkness Mm -hmm. that we live in, and that all of us are a part of, until we accept the light. We know that. We know the darkness. That's we spend formative years in the darkness. And it's not until we actually can comprehend that we can come to the light. But like you said, so often, because the light is new, newer than the darkness, we go back to the old. When things get tough, we go back to what we knew in that formative time in our life, and that was darkness. And it didn't work then, and it's not working now. Nope, didn't work then, doesn't work now. But that's our nature. That's what we do. We step backwards into what we know. You know, as a Christian... Sometimes we get discouraged mm-hmm. because we don't think that we're experiencing what our expectations are. Right. However, our expectations come with qualifiers. They do. The first qualifier is what? What's the number one thing? First qualifier. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, mm-hmm. and you shall be saved. Yep. From what? From what? Now, I don't think it's a question. from what. I think it's a to what. Well, the to what will come, but what are you being saved from? Before you can get to the to. You're being saved from to go to. Right. Okay. What are you being saved from? The darkness. The darkness. Okay, and the darkness represents what? Evil. Represents your old way of life. Right. It represents basically being in sin and bondage. Right. So. But how did you know that you were in sin? The light exposed your sin. Right. Okay, it exposed your weakness. Does anybody like to confess that they're sinful? Not many people. Not many people. Do many, do many people even recognize that their behavior is sinful? Many don't. Many don't. What is the deciding factor? The light. The right. truth. When it's confronted with something greater than what it is. Mm-hmm. But then, here comes the hard part. All right. A person comes to Jesus, and he accepts him as a Savior. Yes. But they're not willing to change a lot of who they are as a human being. Right. And therefore, here comes the conflict. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, one of the things, as Christians, we're given gifts. Right. And these gifts, the first gift is the gift of the Holy Spirit himself. Right. And with the Holy Spirit comes his character qualities, Mm -hmm. which is love, joy, and peace, to name a few. Right. But yet, living apart from the gift of the Holy Spirit, we stay in the shadows. We don't 
we don't possess, we don't accept, we don't experience all that Jesus has to offer us within his light. Right. Okay, and the Holy Spirit is a portion of what Jesus has to offer us if we will stay in the light. Right. But yet, for some reason, our faith gets confused with religion. Our faith gets confused with religion. Our faith is personal. Mm-hmm. Very much. But then we get caught basically going downstream, okay, with a corporate group. Mm-hmm. And it's really easy to let somebody, it's really easy when you can float downstream and you don't have to do anything. And subsequently, without you exercising your faith, you grow weak. Right. And when you grow weak, you're actually growing into being susceptible, okay, to depression and despair and disappointment. Yep. And the reason for it is, is you've become a lazy Christian. Well, I'm going to go back to what I was saying about how we have formative years in darkness before we come to the light. And then we go back to what we once knew. We go back to very early. That's human nature. Human nature is to go to what we know best, especially in times of trouble. So how do we not do that? One word, training. We have to train ourselves to do that. And one of the ways we train is by attending corporate worship. But we also have to do fellowship outside of that corporate worship time. We have to spend time with fellow Christian people, whether it's a smaller group or a largish group or one-on-one mentoring, discipling, regardless of what you are doing. And you need to spend time with the Lord. One, you know, just you and God. We need to do those things too. But the more time we spend seeking the light and working away from the shadows, the less time and the less frequently we will want to go back to that false comfort of what we knew in those formative years. And so it's that training, and it takes an effort, it takes intentionality. To go back to what you were saying, you can't be lazy. This is not something that just happens, folks. You can't become spiritual sitting in your recliner, not reading the Bible, not spending time with other Christians, not spending time in corporate worship, because that's what God made us for. He made us for that type of community, that type of growth. If not, then why is there a proverb that says, iron sharpens iron? You know, a brother sharpens a brother as iron sharpens iron. That's important for us to know. We have to get out there. We have to train. We have to learn a new way of responding. And I think about my time in law enforcement training. When I started in my law enforcement training, one of the things that I had to learn was a new way to handle a firearm. I'd grown up hunting with guns, and I knew gun safety. And I know how to carry a gun. I know how to do all those things. But now, not only do I have to carry a gun, but I have to know how to use it and respond in a specific way to specific situations. So I had to spend a lot of time training. I spent time not only with my class at the shooting range, but I spent other chunks of time specifically set aside for training so that I could use my firearm in the way that a police officer might need to use their firearm. We need to do that. We need to have that kind of 
commitment to training in the word, training with other people, with a mentor, with a disciple, um, you know, somebody mentoring you, discipling you, you discipling somebody else. We need to spend time in those relationships, small groups, smallish groups, you know, largish groups, um, you know, fellowship groups, um, and corporate worship. We need to f- not just find, but make the time to be in all those and make the effort to be all those. Because when troubles come, and it will come, and they will come. Are you training right now? Are you training to stay in the light and fight those troubles in the light? Or are you training to fall back into darkness, into what you knew once upon a time, even though you know it's not right? Which are you training to do? It's like an alcoholic going back to the bottle, even though he's passed through. Now, what is it, AA? Yeah. Yeah, it's not really any different than that. Mm-hmm. It's easy to go into default. It is. And the default of man is what? Sin. Back, back into <laughs> sin. Yes. That's right. You know, in along with what you were talking about, about your gun training. Yes. There are axioms or truths within the Word of God, because the Word of God is true. Yes, it is. One of those axioms is, is that we're supposed to grow in the Word of God. Yes, we are. Okay? We can grow, but we can't grow apart from the Word of God. Correct. Another axiom is, is, is the passage that says, I wish you, brethren, that rather than be babes and be drinkers of the milk, yes, that you would grow and become meters, eaters of the meat. Yes. Digesting and dividing the word of truth. Yes. So this is the will of God, that we go from a baby yep. to a mature, digesting Christian. Yes. And then James says, it's not enough to be just a hearer of the word. Right. You must be a doer also. Yes. So there are steps that you will grow in your Christian life. However, they're based upon free will. They are. And where you decide to stop is where you will stop. Yep. You know, the older you get, you're not all that old yet, Dustin. Nope, I'm not. Okay. But the older you get, the more times, the more funerals you will attend. Right. Of some people that are older than you, fewer people that are younger than you. Yep. But the funerals make you think about something. What's that? They make you think about your mortality. Because the Bible says that it is appointed into every man. Yes. Once to die. God yep. is only once. Right. That's mercy. Once. Yeah. <laughs> no doubt. But the thing is, is, is that as you get older and you see these things happening, mm-hmm. it's really a knocking on your door. And the knocking on your door says, have you let enough light in? Right. Are you letting enough light in? Mm-hmm. What are you doing with my light? Yep. Because someday. Someday. If you're looking at the light and you know the light. You will truly see the light. Yep. But if all you know is darkness, then that's all you'll ever know. Right. Is the darkness. So subsequently, older people are more sensitive to where they've been. Yep. And extremely sensitive to where they're going. I'm going towards the light. I hope you're going towards the light, which I believe you are. But mm-hmm. the question is, is what are we doing with that life with people that we know that are still living in the shadows? I think the best that we can do is continue to shine it. It's true. Don't let it go out. Do you know the a lot f- of people... The fire, f- the fire might die down. 
but it never stops producing light. Mm-hmm. That's right. And, and, Je- and Jesus light. says you don't light a lamp and stick it under a basket. You light the lamp and you put it up so that so that it can spread and it can fill the space. So we have to continue every day to be very intentional. You got to trim the wick and put the candle up, put the lamp up where it can be seen. Keep shining that light into the darkness. The darkness itself will never understand it. But the people that are there someday might. You know what's interesting about part of your analogy? What's that? Well, a lot of Christians have what's called, I don't know if it's intentionally, but it seems to be just accidentally. They have a tendency to have a diminished light. Mm -hmm. But even from an ember, a forest fire can be reignited. Yes, it can. So there's always hope. Even if you feel like you're not as good a Christian as you once were or that you would like to be, and Mm -hmm. even though you may have a faith that is cold, feels cold in Jesus Christ, there's the song, It Only Takes a Spark. To get you know, that fire going. You know, I think I think I know where we're where we're going to end here today. You talk about a, having that one ember mm-hmm. that can reignite a forest fire. What does it take for an ember to reignite a forest fire? The breath of God, oxygen. It takes wind. Wind. That's the breath it, of God. And it takes that breath of God, the spirit that lives inside of you can take that ember and turn it into the biggest, most raging forest fire ever and set you right back on fire for God. If you go down the dark road yep, and you come off the dark road back into the light, yep, you will never, ever go down that dark road again. I would agree with that. Because you know what? Now you will keep your eyes beaded, focused upon the light. Right. And you know what they call that? What do they call Walking that? Walking in the light. Walking in the light and, and truth. And then there's a song. He walks with me and he talks with me. Yep. And he tells me I am his own. And then you experience the Holy Spirit in the joy we share. Yep. As we travel there, no one has ever known. Yep. Yep. You will take the word of God and you will make it that lamp unto your feet and that light unto your path. And you will take every step in light. It's true. In the day of your appointment, the day that you leave this yep. earth, you'll leave this earth looking forward mm-hmm. to the light yep. because you're living in the light. And you have nothing to fear about the darkness because there is no more darkness left in your life. Now, just to be clear, nobody's perfect. Nobody ever will be. People continually make mistakes. That's why why there's forgiveness for sin. Yep. Paul writes about the thorn in his side. But you, when we go down a dark path, we don't usually go down the same one again. We might go down a different one. There's always more grace. There's always more forgiveness. And but he is faithful and just to forgive yep. us of our sins if or when we confess yep. our sins. So there's two stages to this. Yep. Yep. We will, we will mess up. But I think as, I, as I'm processing through this, and we're talking about walking down the path, you stay in the light. You might lean towards the shadow. You might veer towards the shadow. You might even put one foot in the shadow. But you won't have it there for long. You'll come back fully into the light. And I think what really draws us into that light, going back to part of the conversation earlier, is that love, the love that we can only get from God, that is perfect only from Him, and really 
really, once we experience that, that's where we want to be. We have to always guide our own feelings. Yes. Because our feelings can actually misguide us. Oh, right. But oftentimes we do what feels good, but feeling good isn't always the right way to go. There is a definite difference between happiness and joy, but I don't think we have time for that today. No, that's fine. <laughs> All right. Any, uh, any final words of wisdom that you want to leave us with here, Steve? No, but I'm looking at Ecclesiastes, which I told you a couple of weeks ago. Mm -hmm. And the more I look at Ecclesiastes, the more I realized what I've omitted in knowing. And what's that? The truths that a true father teaches his son that are greater than the truths that are in Proverbs. Which someday I'll be teaching that. I look forward to that. But I don't have a handle on most of it as of yet. There's 11 chapters. Yep. Okay, and you go through it once and you're going to end up going through it probably several times again yep. because it is deep. Now I know why it came after Proverbs. Right. Right. And. So here's something interesting. About that. There's. 31, 31 chapters of Proverbs. That's an interesting number because a lot of our months in 31. have 31 days. So there's a proverb, a chapter of Proverbs for every day. I've had a number of teachers and leaders and disciplers talk about reading a proverb every day. And a psalm. And a psalm. That's right. Okay. <laughs> Ecclesiastes has 12. That's one for every month. And I think in order to put them together, maybe it takes reading a proverb every day or a chapter of Proverbs every day and a chapter of Ecclesiastes, the same chapter, every day for a month. Then you may get it. Then you may get you it. You may get it. You may get it. I don't know. I'm just spitballing here. So I don't know. I digress. We're way off track at this point. It's fine. <laughs> that's happens. Kind of, that's kind of what we do. Happens. But you know what? It's meant, whatever we talk about, it's Holy Spirit driven. Yes. And it's what's meant to be talked about, irregardless of what we have printed. Right. But if they want the printed version, they got to come to the class. No, it's no longer <laughs> a class. It's called Table Talk in the Cafe. Yes. And now you may have to reserve a seat because all of the seats are taken. It's moved to the big table. It's moved to the big table. We and may that's have, full. But we may have to add a second big table. We might have to add a second big table, which is part of why it moved to the big table. It's rectangular instead of circular. All right, Steve. Thank you very much, everybody out there in listener land. Have a blessed week.